Talking Illinois High School Football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome to a bonus episode of View from the West podcast. We've already covered the Class 1A state championship game, breaking down and analyzing the game between Lena Winslow and Camp Point Central, the rematch there in Class 1A. This bonus episode, we're going to sit down, talk to both head coaches, go one-on-one with them, get their insights on the game. We'll start here with Camp Point Central's head coach, Brad Dixon. And, uh, you know, coach, it was a year ago that we met up on a Zoom call and talked just like this. So I figure if if we're talking before week 14, that's a good thing for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you may know. I mean, I don't know how many times in IHS, IHSA history there's been a rematch from one year to the next. I mean, there's a lot of things got to go right to get uh, both teams back in the same position. And, and obviously we've never went to back-to-back games. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty special time. Yeah, you know, you talk about that rematch, and it's a rematch of the two number one seeds from the north and the south. It was that way last year, and it is this way again. So I guess, you know, before we get into the playoff run you've made here and the actual championship game, let's look back, you know, at your regular season, going back to the preseason. What do you think, you know, about this team? I know you had a lot of guys returning, but every year is a little bit different. What did you see? What did you like? And how's it kind of played out? Yeah, I mean, I thought, first of all, defensively, we would probably be a little bit ahead because we had seven guys back off our team from last year. But but within those four guys we lost, uh, one of them was our big nose guard and, and three of them were our linebackers in our 3-5 system with, with Isaac Hennenbacher being that all-stater. So we kind of had to fix those pieces, but we knew in our secondary was going to be really, really good. Most of those guys were in their third year starting. Um, so we felt like from a big play standpoint, uh, we wouldn't give up too many of those this year. Cause whenever your back end is really good, um, 10 and 15 yard plays don't turn into 60 yard plays. So that's kind of where we started. And then offensively, um, we were really, we lost two really, really good tight ends off last year's team, you know, that were six, four, two, nine or one ninety and each. And, but we brought back Mason Miller who had played a lot last year, but we really weren't sure for, with that other tight end spot. And then what we were going to do in the backfield with losing uh, not only Isaac, but we lost Ross, who was a big part at fullback. And we lost uh, Gavin Graves as another wing. You know, we, we knew Connor was back, whether he was going to play fullback or wing. And we knew Drew was back. We knew Drew would be really, really good. Um, and so we started the year down in North Green um, with the crazy, you know, 100 whatever heat index. And, and I think we scored 40 points in nine plays on offense. So we really didn't have a clue who we were in that point because we really didn't get to run many plays. Uh, Elijah Ginnenbacher kind of started the year as a tight end um, because we felt like we needed another big body there. And so then we get to Calhoun and they 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 get up on us early, score on about the third play, and then they run a kickback. And um, we'll work through things in that game. We were able to hang on. We moved Elijah kind of back full time to full back. We started using Jack Thompson as a split out and – we really kind of started to identify what type of team we were going to be. And then, yeah, it's kind of been full steam ahead since then. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, scheming goes, I don't get the sense that, you know, you don't change a whole lot from year to year, but oh, maybe, maybe I'll ask you that question. Do you change a whole lot from year to year? I know you play a very similar style of football to Lena Winslow to a lot of teams in the Northwest upstate Illini. What do you do each year when you start looking at personnel and what you need to do to be successful? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we also had four of those guys, four of our five guys, for the most part, coming back up front. Um, so we felt pretty good about that group. 
but yeah, we, we, we needed to figure out in the backfield. Um, you know, Connor Griffin was a fullback the year before. Uh, we had some unproven youth, uh, you know, some juniors at the other wing spot. And then again, so what do you do with Jack, who's six foot four and can catch everything? But we've really never had a guy like him. And then what do we do with Elijah? Because last year in the state game, he had to start at guard due to an injury. So is he a fullback? Is he a tight end? Is he both? You know, so so we we really weren't sure. I mean, Jack's playing wing, but. What, you know, how do we come up with when he's not at wing, he's actually at split out. And when do we play Elijah at tight end and how do we have answers for all this stuff? And so it, it honestly took, it took a few games to kind of figure that out, but yeah, each year we take on a different version of what we do. Um, you know, we, we run a handful of schemes, um, you know, but, but we emphasize, you know, some years are more of a double dive team other years, you know, like right now we're a big fullback team. Other years we might be a big edge team or, or, you know, some years we, we throw it more. And so we always kind of morph into whatever version coach Ray, our offense coordinator is a phenomenal job of, of figuring out that throughout the year. And, and that was probably our biggest hurdle we had to work through earlier in the year. But, but I think this year more than any being able to split out a guy that's six foot four that can catch and to have a three, a third year starter at quarterback in Nick Moore, who is as level headed, even keel of a kid as I've ever coached in 21 years, adds a completely different dynamic to teams that have always loaded the box. You know, some, te- some years we would split a guy out and they wouldn't even cover us because they knew we weren't going to do anything with it. So I think that's probably the biggest difference we have that, that you'll see this year that you haven't seen that you didn't see last year in 2018. Yeah, talk, you know, you talked about, you know, being able to go to the air and have that success. But what I really find interesting about your group, maybe in particular this season is, man, your your running back fullback options are so deep. It seems like there's not necessarily one guy that you're going to be feeding every game. Now, certainly if you get a hot hand, you might ride somebody more often than not. But man, the stats, when you look at them down the way, they're they're pretty evened out. What's the, you know, is there an emphasis on that? Or does it just come down to, you know, you have enough talented guys that can get the job done? A couple things, obviously we small school, you know, you don't always have two way players. So we kind of call them one and a half way players. How many guys can we rotate in? Maybe not full-time starters, but where can we get guys rest? You know, Elijah Gennenbacher, in my opinion, is one of the best linebackers in the state. Um, Do we want to give him the ball 200 times in the regular season? You know, what are the odds that he can last that he doesn't get injured? So can we give him the ball 40 times? And can we give another fullback the ball 40 times and another fullback the ball 40 times? Keep all those guys interested. Also build depth throughout the year. You know, obviously we don't really have another middle linebacker like him. You know, six foot two, six one, two oh five has started however many games now he started, 29, I think, in his career. But we do have other guys that can run the ball because we can decide you know, how they're getting the ball. Other, you know, different backs have different strengths. And when we're on offense, we can kind of pick and choose which, you know, where we're going to attack. And when this guy gets in the game, we really like this and vice versa. Whereas defensively, you know, the other team's going to kind of find those guys. Um, and so we do a lot of rotating through our backs for that reason. And, you know, we like in, you know, Saturday, uh, Nate Peters hits a, you know, a 30 yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter because he has fresh legs, um, you know, and, and Elijah has been able to just carry us in the playoffs because all year long, I think the most carries he had was eight in any one game. And Drew Pavin's the same way. Drew Pavin's five, nine, 145 pounds. We can't put him in the eye and run downhill for an entire season. The odds that, that he's going to make it to this game and be healthy were, were slim to none. And so some of Drew's games were four carries, 120 yards, you know, two touchdowns, and that was his day. And 
And that's the other thing I like about this group is, is nobody cares who gets the credit. No one cares about stats. Obviously, Drew's stats are a little better. Elijah's have gotten better as the playoffs, but Elijah came into the playoffs with 350 rushing yards. In fact, we had three fullbacks with over 300 yards. I think we have, you know, eight or nine guys on our roster with 250 yards. Nick Moore rarely ran the ball in the regular season, and we've leaned on him, you know, for five to ten carries every game of the playoffs. So, you know, we kind of pride ourselves in trying to get as many guys into the game as we possibly can. Yeah. You know, Coach, you've talked a lot about the offense here, but your defense has only allowed, I think, uh, single digits in eight games maybe this year, maybe nine if I'm counting right. Either way, very impressive. You're limiting teams, you know, to almost nothing. Talk about, you know, your defensive efforts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Calhoun in, in week two and then Calhoun again in the second round were the only touchdowns given up by our number one defense in that, uh, you know, 10-week stretch or so. Um, and then obviously you get into the quarterfinals and you play an all-top Catholic team, you know, but we're up 30 or 36 to nothing and a half. Um, I might ask you, know, you about that game in a minute. Yeah, and, <laughs> uh, you know, we you, you, a Greenfield team comes in after scoring 44 in the quarterfinals, you know, and it's – it's 46 to six in the third quarter. I mean, our guys have really bought into the film prep. Um, our defense is very, very fast. You know, we, we're not the biggest group we've ever had, um, but we are the fastest group that we've ever had. And and so, you know, kind of like I talked about earlier today in, in a couple things was, you know, there are things that maybe you think you can get or, or maybe we can line up a little more narrow to your formation f against the inside run because our guys can run to the edge. We don't have to play super wide you know if, if you're not fast then you better be you better be out there but if you're fast you can you know you can take away inside run and teams say okay well we got to get the edge because of where they're lined up but you know our guys can run and and uh and like i said earlier having those three guys back in the secondary you know against the pass you know greenfield last week you know we, we go on this 18 play drive and we score which is it, that in itself it, it kind of tests your spirit if you're greenfield okay Maybe we can't stop him, and then boom, in two plays, we get the pick six uh, against a quarterback that had only thrown two interceptions the entire season. Wow. So that's that's Drew Pabin being in the right spot, but that's also Connor Griffin playing inside linebacker, getting in the passing window of a play we worked on all week and made the quarterback airmail it a little bit to give Drew the opportunity to get the pick six, and this guy's being in the right spot. And, and like I said, their preparation and, and their just willingness to go out and sell out is is impressive. Yeah, well, you know, you've talked about, you know, all of the different aspects here that are working so well. And I think it, you really saw it all come together in that in that game against Altoff Catholic. I want to talk about that game because, you know, it's been an imp impressive season. But, you know, it will, you know, when you start looking around the state, I think a lot of people were eyeing them because of the star power they have. Literally the recruiting star power and the size and everything. There's one podcast that did call out that you guys were going to get that <laughs> win. I, did you hear that, by the way? We... We were yeah, calling, you know, and I, and I, and frankly, I, I messaged uh, uh, Rick and cause he and I are, are obviously good friends and, and uh, we respect the heck there's, you know, the heck out of them. And, you know, there's no animosity there. This, this is, we knew we were going to play them and, you know, that, that we were, we, not that we were hoping for, but, but obviously it makes for a great story for our kids. Um, yeah. You know, they were able to be hope, nothing against hope. Uh, Coach Mallet at hope does a phenomenal job. I've got to, to know him through FCA as well. Um, but I think this is that special game. But but during that all tough week, you know, Coach Aaron says, you know, good luck and and so forth. And I said, yeah, I mean, it's either us or you. We have the contrasting style that can actually do it. And if it's not us, it's probably going to have to be you. And and he had a lot of faith in us, too. And 
Uh, obviously, I think when people saw what Altoff was doing to 5A, 6A, 7A talent, um, you know, and then what they did in their two 1A games, they, they're scoring 67 and a half points a game. Uh, in round two against Leroy, they scored every three and a half plays. So on paper, that looks impressive. Now, what we what we try to do a good job of is show our guys, you know, some of the issues that defense has had or some of the lack of fundamentals or techniques. And we really try to focus on getting our guys in the right spot, knowing that we would be fast enough to contain them, but we still had to tackle them. That that was the the biggest thing in that game was in a lot of games, teams did have, you know, they were in the right spot, but they couldn't tackle or, you know, they got juked out or whatever it was. So we really focused on that, um, limiting the damage. We knew we had to offensively keep the ball from them, but then even in our special teams, and we were able to execute some things on special teams that kept the ball from them. They had to come here to our place then played on grass a whole bunch, you know, with a style of football that they, we, we have answers for things that we've seen over the years because we've seen a little bit of everything. They don't have a lot of answers to the offenses we run because they just don't see it at, at the levels of play. So they're working through things maybe for the first or the second time they've seen it, maybe in two or three years. Whereas, you know, teams have kicked our butt running lots of different stuff over the years and we've kind of adjusted and figured out, okay, this is why we got to do this against this type of look. And, and so I felt like we had some more answers than they did defensively. Yeah. Talk about the, uh, you mentioned special teams there. You had the huge onside kick, which was, I mean, kicked to perfection. It, it could not have bounced any better. You had the guys in the right spot. How much emphasis have you put into special teams, you know, throughout the season going into the postseason? Cause it seems like you've utilized some things several times to get an advantage this postseason. Yeah, I mean, it's a big part of what I do, what we do. Uh, um, Marco Rodriguez is our little sophomore, five foot five, 130, 120 pound kicker, um, you know, and obviously since the JV season has ended, uh, his sole focus really has been on special teams in the kicking game. And he's he's done a great job of working on all these different variations. So we, we've shown some, but we've got a lot of different things. He, he's a former soccer player and, and when you know teams have to adjust and respect how we line up, but then he also has the ability to do some crazy things that um, you know we haven't even shown yet. And so to have that weapon, you know, in, in the Altoff game after our touchdown, of course we had all the momentum. There was also a personal foul there, so it was a it was a 15 yard advantage as well. So we're we're kicking off from the the 45, and you know they're 45. So even if we don't get it, it's on the 35. And then a team like Altoff. They can score on one play from 70 or one play from 40. It really didn't matter. So we knew that we were okay with giving them a short field if it gave us an opportunity to get it. And, and like I said, I talked about Jack Thompson. He's six foot four. So when you put him on the widest part of the field and you can get that big hop, he's got phenomenal hands. You know, his reach is unbelievable. And, and like I said, so he's able to go get it. And uh, we, we pretty much executed the exact same one last week at Greenfield going the other direction. Um, after we had scored twice in that game, and that allowed us to take an 18-0 lead in the same similar fashion. So in both weeks, uh, the kicking game has gained us an advantage. And, and you know how it is with 15- to 18-year-old kids, you get down by that much early and you're on the road, it's hard to kind of rebound when it and it seems like everything's going wrong. Yeah, well, you know, on the opposite side, it seemed like everything was going right for you. You know, in your in your career coaching, can you remember a half of football where you executed and things went your way so quickly and that, I mean, in a, in a, it just was crazy watching the highlights. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, and the crazy part was, is it was 30 to zero 
and there was 30 seconds to go in the first quarter. And so when our kids came over, I'm like, guys, this is just the first quarter. You know, so we went into half. I can't remember if it was 30 to nothing or 36 to nothing, whatever it was. Um, I told our coaches, this is going to be the longest 24 yeah. minutes of our life here yeah. because literally they can score in one play and they've done it time and time again that even up 30, you know, you, you felt good about your defense. You knew your guys weren't scared. You knew they believed, but they, the talent level that they had was, was out of this world and, and uh, not something that we run into on a week to week basis in one, a football. Yeah. You know, I watched, um, you know, some of the video and uh, I believe it was from uh, gateway sports. I think they had, they had video of it mm-hmm. and they had your post game, you know, your speech to your kids on the field afterwards. And, you know, paraphrasing part of your message was something about, you know, this is why we prepare the way we do. This is why we focus so hard and, you know, do all the little things and watch all the film. How gratifying is it for you to get to a, you know, a game like that and have your team execute at such a high level and be able to show that proof point? I mean, I, that's got to be the ultimate high as a coach. Yeah. And, and the message is really to the, the freshmen and sophomores who um, at times I don't think trust that what we're telling them is actually, you know, they coach, but I think this way works better. And, and you hammer that point home over and over again and say, no, trust me, we've been in this game a long time. We're not that smart. (laughs) We do what we do because we've played teams like Lena or teams like Forreston, you know, Forreston had us down 44 to nothing, you know, five years ago. And okay, we got to go back to the drawing board. What are some things that we can do to get better? So if we get back in this situation, and and that's in the same thing with different spread teams. Carrollton used to use their speed and score in all kinds of ways against us. They beat us in the semifinals or beat us in the the second round different times. And and so my message was this is why we do it the way we do it. So when a team comes in with the quality of athletes that that Altoff had our technique and our fundamentals and our discipline were able to win out in a game where if we were playing seven on seven, or if we were in a whole bunch of one-on-one situations, we didn't have the advantage, but as a team, because of who we are and what we do and and how we do our stuff, we were able not just to win, but win pretty convincingly. Yep. All right. So you got that huge win. You get the win last week in the semifinals. Now you're back to facing, you know, a familiar opponent, and you're back in the state finals for the third time in five seasons. So as a coach, as a program, how has the, you know, the preparation or the, um, you know, the mindset going into state, has it changed? I mean, I know the players are different for the most part every year, but for the coaching staff, what's changed over the years or what's the approach? Yeah, I think the first time, you know, that we went, obviously we we, we go over to our Jenna and we, and we win that game and it's just the, there's so many emotions because you you know at that time I had coached for 17 or 16 years and and we had lost in two semifinals and you get to the point where man you don't know if you're ever going to make it and a lot of guys coach their whole career and never make a state championship you know so you're elated to be there you got all this stuff going on on yeah. Monday you're trying to figure out where you're staying and charter buses and food and there's just so many things that you got to figure out that that it's hard to even focus on the game you know so then last year you know, obviously we go back, we're, we're more focused on the game, but for, for the group of kids, it's also their first time. And so there's kind of this awe and aura about going over there and, and all that stuff and getting up early. And, and so, you know, we're for, we're, we're Lena and Forreston have had advantages is obviously they have a routine, they have a plan, they've done it enough. This is an expectation. Their kids aren't, you know, they're not overcome by the moment. And, and that's our hope this year for our kids is, 
this has been their expectation. This has been their focus. They've been as focused of a group as we've ever had from a game to game basis. And yes, they're excited to be in the game, but this is what they believed could happen. And so um, we feel like as, as a coaching staff that our kids are going to go over there and not just be happy to be in the game, but they're going to go over there with an expectation that we're going to do everything we can. And, and Lena is a phenomenal program and we could go over there and we could play our best football and they could beat us. And we're okay with that. Um, we feel like the last two years we've been over there. We haven't moved the ball. Well, we've given up way too many big plays. We've missed opportunities in special teams. We really haven't put any phase of the game together. And so, you know, our hope is that we can go over there um, you know, exercise some demons. People don't give the, the football south of Interstate 80 a whole lot of credibility if your name's not Rochester um, or East St. Louis. So we're hoping at the small school level that we can, you know, get people to, to and, and not saying that they don't respect us, but obviously Lena, Forreston, those teams have earned the respect to say, it doesn't matter who comes out of the south. These guys are going to win because of where they come from. And we're hoping that we can be in that conversation. Well, yeah, let's talk about the matchup here. You know, you guys have met up with the NUIC. They're familiar opponents. You obviously met up with Lena Winslow a year ago. And like you mentioned, you, you know, you've struggled to put points on the board and haven't been the offense that you've been throughout the regular season when you go up against them. What do you look at this year? What what What's your focus? Do you try to, you know, to shift some things around or do you try to stick to what you, you know, what you always do? I mean, I think you are who you are. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, odd front, even front really good D line or really good linebackers or, or, you know, weaker on the back end or weaker on the edge. I mean, there's always things that you look at from year to year, um, but you're not going to where you get in trouble is where you say, okay, this team did this against them and had a lot of success. Let's try to do that. Well, if that's not who you are, then you're just going to be, you know, average at best. Really what last year came down to was, you know, our guys, a assignments, we had a lot of assignment mistakes because, Lena Winslow is not going to fall for some of the fakes and other things. Their guys are going to be in the right spot. So we also have to be in the right spot. You know, we're in earlier games or, or other games in the regular season. Maybe we can have the wrong step or the, you know, we can block with the wrong shoulder. We can get by with some things against them. You're not going to get by with that stuff. And then you got to finish the play. So last year we had trouble finishing blocks. We would get to Lobdell at middle linebacker and he would get off the block and make the tackle or we would get to their corner on an edge play and he would get off and make the tackle. And then on the flip side, they would run downhill and they would get to our middle linebacker and block us or they would get to our guys on the edge and block us and we couldn't get off. We couldn't get to the ball. And so it was really the fact that they out executed us in really all phases of the game from a physical standpoint and an, an assignment standpoint. And, and that was the difference. They, they didn't do anything that we weren't prepared for. And I don't think we did anything they weren't prepared for. They did what they did way better than us. And, and this year, I feel like our execution has been that much better. We're that much older with 12 seniors. A lot of those guys were playing, you know, for the first time last year as varsity players. So that's what we're going to lean on. I think we've got a pretty good version of ourselves this year offensively. We've been pretty dynamic with you know, our 6'4 split end and, and our quarterback in the run game and a 205-pound fullback and some guys at wing that are pretty fast that that hopefully we can put some teams in some binds and then we can go out and execute. You know, you mentioned a little bit there that you got guys back, you know, who saw Lena Winslow last year. They've had a lot of experience. How much does that experience mean, you know, both on and off the field? You know, just the experience of being there. You've already talked about them not being maybe so wide-eyed when they get there. 
but also, uh, you know, there's that much more football they've played and that much more that they've seen. How much yeah. does that help you as a coach on the field? Yeah, I mean, so so last week, obviously, we've played Greenfield before, um, you know, but we, we hadn't played all top before. So we're, we're looking at films of people they have played and said, well, we think this is how they're going to block this. We think this is what they'll do if you're here. I mean, we. I told our coaches last night, the best film for us to prepare for first Friday is our game last year. I mean, yeah. Lena is who they are. We've got end zone shot. We've got sideline with, you know, especially on defense, seven of these guys going against Lena's offense last year and where we had misreads and where we weren't physical at spots. And, you know, the things that they, how they blocked us and how they attacked us, that is an invaluable experience. Our guys, yeah, I guarantee we haven't had, you know, we'll have our, our first kind of film session tonight. Um, but I guarantee you when I, when we get in there and our guys are going to look at that stuff and they already have and go, man, I can't believe that I played that that poorly or, you know, because they do the best that they can. And in that game, I mean, we were just obviously because Lena and what they were able to do, um, it was not our day. And, and uh, you know, so our guys will dive into that film and, and I think they're excited for the chance. They, they, they respectfully, We'll prepare for Lena and, and understand that nothing's going to be handed to us and that, that we're going to have to go take it from them. And I, I told him it's going to be one of those in, in our game plan that we sent out. It's going to be one of those tough kind of gritty. I mean, that, that's the only way around it. There's going to be no finesse to this game. And, and I think that's what, you know, obviously it's fun to see balls being thrown out to here and there or everywhere. But if you truly love small school football, you want to see two teams that are just pounding each other and, and every yard matters. And, and I think that's what the state wants to see. And, and we're hoping we can live up to the, the hype there. Hey, but you better watch out because uh, Lena Winslow threw a touchdown pass last week and it was over 22 of them. Oh, man. <laughs> see, I missed, I missed the second one, but anytime that anytime that Mitch sees Lena Winslow or you guys throw a pass, it just throws him for a loop. He doesn't know how to handle that. Cause you know, so, uh, no, but, uh, you know, I mentioned Mitch there. I asked this morning if he had any, you know, questions to ask you when I get you on here. He had the one very important question. Do you have your shorts ready to roll for the sidelines of the state championship game? Yeah, 100%. Um, All right. You know, if, if I come out in the pregame without him on, um, you know, like pre pregame when we're setting stuff up, yeah. I get that question from everybody. It's, you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the expectation. As a now, I mean, used to teach history. Uh, now that I do PE, I'm in shorts all year long, no matter yep. the day. Um, you know, so it's that's just it. And I know Coach Aaron is is a little older than me. We won't say how much, but uh, <laughs> you know, he he's went through that phase, and I think you know, some years at some point I will too. But uh, for now, that that's how I'll roll. I want to say that uh, he at one point would wear shorts on the sidelines. And I think like his dad told him he was an idiot or something because yeah. it was too cold. And so he finally, <laughs> I don't know if he bailed on it or what, uh, but um, no. So do you get, uh, do you get a chance to enjoy Thanksgiving or are you just like, is your mind going to be running a hundred miles an hour on Thursday? Well, so, you know, part of the experience factor. So the last two times we went to state, um, we practiced in the morning at home and let the kids go home for a while and then got back on the bus at two. And so, you know, we were essentially done with everything by 10 AM and then a full 24 hours without really doing much physical and getting on a bus and all that. So we're going to kind of change things this year, new location, obviously going to Bloomington. Yep. So we're actually going to practice on the way. Um, been gracious enough that, that D Mac is going to let us use their facility, which is a beautiful turf field facility. It's about, it's on the west side of Bloomington. It's on our way there. So we're going to let the kids have the morning with their families. 
and we're going to leave about noon. So I understand that they're probably not going to be able to do their, their Thanksgiving, but hopefully yeah. if, if, if we continue on the, the trek that we've been on, that, that we can just focus on doing that on Saturdays from here on out. But uh, we're, yeah, we're going to get our kids off, you know, all throughout the playoffs in the regular season, we're doing Friday afternoons or Thursday afternoon into evening practices to get ready for games. So we're going to kind of keep that um, going. So again, we're thankful to DMAC for allowing us to do that. So I think that's going to be fun. It gets our kids off the bus in an unfamiliar um, area to practice. And, and I, th- I just think that it might give us um, a little bit more, of a, a physical and mental preparation that we're going somewhere different. We have to get out and have a great practice similar to having to get up and have a great game um, on Friday. Yeah. All right. One more question, not for coach, but for dad, I saw you posted pictures, I believe of your son after the game, getting helmets signed and just hanging out with the players. How cool is it, you know, to see, I'm sure that these kids are like, these student athletes are like superheroes to him. You know, it, it how much fun is that to be a dad after, you know, all this said and done? Yeah, I, I, you go back to to the, the coaching staff that I have. We all kind of cut our teeth together. We started here at Central in, in, at 22 or 23 years old with no kids. Bill Reed, our principal and head coach, you know, we, we lived and ate, slept, slept and breathed Central football and, and got us kind of going on the right track. And then obviously we started having kids. You know, and then our wives had all these young, young kids at home and then we're coaching. And and now, you know, we've got some kids that are in junior high and then all the way down to to a year or two years. And so to see them in the end zone um, in all their Panther gear and and getting autographs and and enjoying being a part of it, it's just going to continue to be fun. I've got a son that's that's in first grade that that was out at the school with me all day yesterday doing laundry he's he's drawing posters with their names and their numbers and he's helping me hang jerseys up and and he knows the number of every kid and and I got a two and a half year old soon to be three year old that that um you want to do football you know it's just part of the culture (laughs) here and to see all of our kids you know hopefully I'm coaching football long enough to see them all come through the program which will add a whole nother dynamic to it but but that's been a fun experience because um, you've got that support and, and no matter win or lose, you know, your kids love you. My daughter as well as she, you know, before I left on, on Saturday, she goes, I'm not nervous at all, dad. I know you got it. You know, and that's <laughs> to, to have a, a soon to be nine year old that, that says that to you is pretty special. Awesome. Well, I love it. I, I love the way you lead that program. Always had a lot of ton of respect for you and the, and the job you do out there. So, uh, you know, good luck on Friday. I can't wait to watch it. It's a great, you know, I think it's a great thing for small school football to get that rematch, to get some names that people know around the state, you know, playing uh, playing against each other again. So, uh, you know, good luck Friday. We'll be watching. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, let's jump into the north side of the bracket. The number one team in the state, the number one team in the seedings in the bracket. Of course, we're talking about Lena Winslow, the Panthers, 13-0 on the season, looking for their fourth consecutive state championship. Coach, it's a busy week, but, uh, you know, head coach Rick Aaron is joining me here. Thanks for being here, coach. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a busy week. Um, it's almost uh, Monday is not even enjoyable as a part of a state championship week. As you know, we're talking off the air about, you know, just how busy things are. And and on my side of things, it's a little different than yours. But, you know, you got all the requirements from the state. 
Um, our athletic director luckily helps helps out with that and does as much as he can. But there's there's things on my side of it, as well as Coach Dixon knows, too, that um, you kind of have to get done yourself or you have to uh, assign to someone else to do for you. But it's still stuff you're all responsible for. And uh, it uh, it just may you, to be honest with you, coaching almost takes a backseat to it for at some point in time for a little bit. And uh, but back on track today, today's Tuesday and um and, uh, you know, it'd be a much better day. That's for sure. Well, yeah, that kind of takes me into my first question mm -hmm. that I hadn't really prepared to ask, but I think it's worth, you know, talking about how much different is this week than any normal week of football prep? I mean, how hard is it, it to not only for you to stay focused on the game plan, but to get your kids kind of dialed in and say like, you know, yes, forget about Thanksgiving, forget about all of the outside noise. We got to get, we got a job to do here. Yeah, it's it's anything but normal. I mean, yeah. it's the farthest it's the farthest thing from a normal week that there is. Um, you know, sorry about <laughs> our bell. Um, I am working today, um, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, Camp Point had the luxury of being at home last week, which that's a that's a huge benefit in the semifinals. Um, just just being at home in general is. We were on the road, had a two-hour bus trip. So by the time our game was over and we got back, it, you know, it was roughly 6.30 or so. Um, and you got a lot of stuff to do, um, you know, even on Saturday night yet. And so um, with it getting started there, um, or, yeah, Saturday night when we got home, and then, um, then you lose a day. You really lose kind of in a way you almost lose two days, but you lose a day because you're going to bounce back and play on a Friday uh, you kind of lose another day, so to speak, because of, uh, you know, Thanksgiving on Thursday. So even though we'll get a light practice in on Thursday on our way down, it's still it's just not the same. And then you're in a hotel and things like that. So um, it is a hectic week. Um, our, luckily, our kids have been through it before, as Camp Point has as well. Um, so that helps the, the cause there for sure. And, and I remember... Um, you know, going to state for the first time and and trying to figure out a schedule to 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 go by. You know, you need some sort of template of someone else, which is really what happened to us. We we kind of patterned our our stay and our week after after Galena from years ago. Um, so and we're kind of still followed that. So it is it is definitely to answer your question. It's not a normal week, but uh, but it's a good week. That's for sure. I was going to say, I bet there's hundreds of coaches around the state that would take the, uh, you oh, know, yeah. take the, the issues that you have this week. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's feeling real bad. For us, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, coach, a lot of everybody around the state at this point is familiar with Lena Winslow, what, with what you guys do. I think a lot of people around the state, they always ask if they're outside of this area, I think they always ask the question, how does this small community like yours build a power program? that has had this kind of sustained success. I feel like I've asked you this every year, you know, cause it is, it's a question that I think people talk about. And I, I guess there's no secret formula because if there was, I'm sure you'd be charging for it by now, but what is it right. to keep you guys up at this level? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, I speak at several clinics every, every off season and, and I get the same question from guys in the audience all the time. And, and, you know, I can't explain it. Um, you know, and it's going on 13, 14 years now that, you know, since we went to our first state championship um, prior to that, we'd been to the semifinals and the quarterfinals numerous times. But we for whatever reason, we could never get over the hump at that point in time. Um, it is it is a community event. That's for sure. Um, 
it is it's a it's a group project um you know from the from the coaching staff sorry about that You're not- that should be it that should be it for the rest of this interview all right there we go um, from our coaching staff to our players to our parents um it is it is definitely a group effort and uh we are in constant communication with our parents really on everything we do, uh, not only throughout the football season, but in the off season, uh, uh, winter weight room, if you're not a three sport athlete and things like that. So um, I really can't explain why it's happened the way it has. Uh, we have we have deep commitment from the community, from our parents, from our kids, from our coaching staff. Um you know, one, one of the biggest reasons, I think, is our coaching staff and not on my behalf, but our coaching staff consists of every head coach of River Boys Sport in our school. So our head wrestling coach, for example, is our defensive coordinator. Our head basketball coach is our offensive coordinator. Our head baseball coach is our, is our head JV coach um, and down the line, so on and so forth. So that has been that has been huge for us. And we have a great group of volunteer coaches, some of which are within our school district as teachers, some are not. Uh, you know, we, we have between our junior high and our high school, we have seven paid positions. That's not a lot of paid positions. We have 14 coaches. So half of our staff is unpaid, um, but they dedicate themselves just as anybody else does. And they know that's kind of expected out of them. And um, if they really want to, you know, be part of this part of this program, um, but we have we have teachers on our on our football staff from every building. I think we have uh, we we currently have two teachers in our elementary school, three teachers in our junior high school, and it, the rest are either in the high school or not in our school district. And so, really, from a football standpoint, we have all the coaches from every sport involved. We, in addition to that, with the teachers in every building, every time a kid turns a corner in a school they see one of their football coaches or, or a coach on staff of any sport, really. So I think that has been a huge factor in it. And I know that's a luxury that we have. And I also know that it's not always going to be that way. We're just real fortunate right now. Um, down the road, you know, when I'm retired, um, I'm not sure how things will look, but we have a lot of guys of my age that are on our, on our staff. So you're going to have a lot of turnover at some point in time. And with people not wanting to get into not only the teaching profession, but also the coaching profession, I'm not sure how sustainable that is for the future, but I hope it is. You know, I hope it's hope we're they're able to keep things rolling here just as they are now. But uh, that that might be out of my control someday. Yeah, I'm guessing, though, that, you know, based on what you've built there, what you've put together, somebody's going to see that opportunity and say, I can continue this, or this foundation is so strong that I can continue it. I, I got to believe that somebody's going to, you know, keep it, keep it up and running. So, you know, talking about that consistency, you know, year in and year out, you look at this roster this year and you only returned, I believe four starters from last year's group. So tell me about this year's team, kind of what you expected coming in and kind of what they've done in particular to have their success. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we have four starters back or four positions back. It's really only three kids as starters, I think. Um, but, you know, they it, our our program has really, really been senior oriented over the course of time. Um, we give our seniors every opportunity to to not only lead the rest of the the rest of the program, but also get on the field as much as possible. So. 
they know going in a lot of our starters this year were special team kids last year. Um, some of them might not have saw the field much just because on special teams, you're always looking for, you know, you're looking for speed, you're looking for real athletes and, and some of our O linemen uh, and D linemen this year that didn't play much last year, probably really weren't on special teams, but they know that if they really dedicate themselves to the weight room, if they're two and three sport athletes, that they're going to get their opportunity. And we do have a, we do have a good mix of underclassmen as well that have seen some playing time for us this year. So, it really is no different than what the other years have looked like. You know, we're typically graduating 16 seniors. And I think two years ago, we graduated 18 seniors. So um, it seems like it's something that we we go through every year. But there's always kids that are eager to have the opportunity to step up the following year. So I think that has that has made our program really what it is. Yeah, you know, when you look at this roster and, you know, the returners you had coming back, and you didn't have a lot of returners coming back, but how vital did that make Gage Dunker and his role and how important he was going to be to kind of lead this team, you know, to kind of be the guy this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been a great leader, you know. And sometimes that's a tough role to be in because, you you know, you've had the luxury of playing behind uh, Gunnar Lobdell last year, um, Mari Roby the year before, um, as well as, you know, Jake Zeal last year. We, we had a we had a handful of running backs the last few years. You've had the luxury of playing behind those guys. And really, you're, you can play all you want, but you, you don't really have to talk much. You don't have to, you don't have to, although Gage is always led by example in, in what he does, he hasn't had to be that voice, you know. And, and really, in some ways, you don't have to be the bad guy either when you're in that role because being the, being the leader, being the head honcho is not always, you know, not always a glamorous position to be in. And as you, you know, you've probably read umpteen quotes of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and things like that. They, they really loved that role that they were in, but it didn't make them sometimes the most liked guy on their team either. But the reality of it is somebody's got to do it. And, to be good, you gotta you gotta engage that role. So Gage has been great at that, um, you know. And and we've had we've had a handful of kids. Uh, Jake Shoemaker is a first year starter for us at quarterback. He's been a leader from the word go. At you know last year even, and uh, just kind of quietly goes about his business. But he uh, you know anything I want run through our team you know, spur of the moment uh, through social media because I'm almost 57 years old and and I can barely turn my phone on sometimes. But um, and I needed help with this Zoom call as well, as you know, <laughs> but, but uh, it, you know, anything that I want done spur of the moment, Jake and Gage take care of for us. And it's good to have those kind of people to to rely on. And that's to me, that's what true leadership is. And, they, and they've been the epitome of that. So they're your social media coordinators then? They uh... that, that too, yes. Uh, <laughs> although I'm not sure how, how well-skilled Gage is and stuff like that, but Jake <laughs> is definitely. Gage is a little bit more like me. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Talk about, um, I also want to ask you about, you know, obviously we've seen Gage Dunker do his thing, you know, and get a, get a bunch of yards, but Cobran Lynch has been kind of the, you know, the next man up, right? I mean, it seems like year in and year out, you find that guy, you know, that next guy down in the depth chart. And that was, you know, Dunker a few years ago, like you said, behind Roby and behind Lobdell and Zeal. And now it's, you know, Lynch's turn to step in there. Talk about his role and kind of how he fits in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, Coburn wasn't, he wasn't a starter for us at the beginning of the year on the offensive side. He kind of rotated, uh, and he still does. We really rotate Coburn, um, Nick Tippett, and Lucas Fye at that, at those two halfback spots. And those three guys have been all, all three of them together have been outstanding for us. You know, Lucas uh, had over a hundred yards rushing last week. Coburn had a pretty nice day as well. He had two touchdown catches uh, and an interception at the end of the game to really save the day. Um, and Nick had a solid game as well. Um, so those three guys have really, have really been, you know, I, we don't sit on the sideline and go, okay, we got to get Coburn in instead of Nick or Lucas because of something we're running or whatever. It's just really whoever's in the game uh, takes that role. And, but Coburn has really established himself as, as um, an explosive kind of player um, near the second half of the season. And, and uh, he's got a great burst, um, you know, once he hits the hole and things like that. So he's, he's been, uh, he's definitely been a blessing for us, but uh, Lucas and Nick uh, have really shared that role as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, <laughs> You know, every every team, it seems like year in and year out for Lena Winslow is going to be controlled by the line, whether it's, you know, on defense or on the offensive side of the ball, creating holes for the running backs we just talked about. So here, here's your time, coach. You know, you got some linemen that are going to listen to this. So shout them out. Give them their credit here. What do they do so well this year? What has this team been doing? What do you like about it? Well, I think that this group is real similar to last year's group, even though there's only two two common pieces in it. Uh, Luke, Luke Keppel's our center and Luke actually started a few games for us last year as a sophomore before he had an ankle injury and, and he really was hobbled by that most of the year. Uh, but um, Tanner Keppel is our right guard this year and he played left tackle for us last year. Tanner, Tanner started for us a couple of years and he's an explosive kind of player. Odin Stabenow, who's now our right tackle played center for us last year. And then our left guard is Brady Arand and left tackle Gannon Dunker. Um, Gannon, Gannon is a freshman, younger brother of Gage. He actually stepped in and filled a void when um, Alec Packard, Alex Packard had a had an injury, a knee injury, probably about uh, middle of the regular season. And Alex was playing real well for us and had a dislocated kneecap. And he is just now getting back to where he can play again and go through full contact drills. So we really have six guys in the mix there now, but um, this group has really, they've just, they've been able to run um, every blocking scheme that we want them to be able to run. They've been able to adapt and change things on their own at the line of scrimmage, because let's face it, if everybody knows you're not going to throw the ball, um, they, they get desperate um, when you are moving the ball and they'll get into any front that uh, they can possibly think of or, or scheme on their sideline, you know? So we've seen it all this year. Um, and last weekend was really the epitome of it at Chicago Hope. I mean, they, for the most part, they had nine guys in the box and, and two free safeties, and that was about it. Um, so that was, that was the ultimate test right there. And obviously, uh, we struggled with it, but, well, I don't know how much we struggled because we had 400 yards rushing, but, um, we couldn't hit any big plays, a lot of it due to their athleticism, but, um, so we've seen about every front and this, this group of O-line and our two tight ends, which would be um, Quinn Rodeball and Mason Speedall, they've done a really nice job together as a unit of being able to figure things out up front and they're constantly communicating. So um, they have allowed us to do things probably even maybe this year a little bit more than what we what we did last year, even scheme wise. 
Yeah. Well, you talk about, obviously, they lead the way, you know, in the rushing, you know, leading the way for those rushers. And you rack up the rushing yards. Last week, you turned to the air. And maybe that's because of, you know, like you said, the scheming that Hope was throwing at you and really trying to, you know, pile things up in the middle. You know, for a team that is so run heavy, how often do you, you know, practice, you know, some of these passing plays? And when it comes into the game time, when is the right time to make that play call? When you're going to catch them off guard? And, you know, you got to have that trust in the guys who don't do it very often, but they got to get the job done in that situation. Yeah. Well, we do it a lot during practice. I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, we do it every day. But, um, you know, we just feel that uh, for for somebody of the that that's built the way that we are, our system, we want to keep the clock running. We want to churn out first downs and touchdowns and uh, control the ball. And the best way to do that without stopping the clock is to run the football. And as long as we can stay on course at a couple yards a pop, we get into trouble when we have a false start, a holding call, and we have all of a sudden have a first and 15 or a second and 20. That's where we run into trouble. Um, this year, we've seen some teams pack in the box. Uh, heck, last week at Chicago Hope, our first play of the game, we had a split end out wide to our right side, right on our sideline, and they didn't even send anybody out to cover him. Uh, but we don't audible, we don't audible. So it was pretty hard to get that guy, the ball. So for a couple of downs there, I think we, uh, we had an uncovered guy on the perimeter that, you know, we just aren't capable of getting the ball to him in that situation. But, um, but as soon as, uh, you know, they removed a safety and slid their, their, their two really ended up being their two corners down. Uh, we had to take advantage of that and, and, uh, they, they gave us that off and on, they'd slide a safety back every now and again, but, when, if they're begging you to throw it, sometimes you just have to do it. Well, and it, and it worked, and it worked effectively. So, you know, you got the job done there. Talk about this Hope game, you know, a little bit. This was a battle, a very talented Hope team. I'm not sure you guys have trailed a game all season long. Have you? Had you up until uh, that point? We, we trailed, I think, Rockford Lutheran, I think it was, returned the opening kickoff for a oh. touchdown maybe. But um, sure. but not, not late in a game like that, no. Um, we it, it was a struggle. Um, you know, we knew we needed to probably score on every possession when we got the ball. And, um, and we had several, several possessions where we, where we not only didn't do that, um, but we gave the ball up on downs and in pretty good, uh, territory for them. So, uh, they were explosive. They were a, they were a, a team that's very capable on scoring on any given play in, in many ways, you know, throwing the football, running the football, the quarterback was, maybe the most dynamic quarterback we've ever seen. And uh, he was absolutely incredible. And uh, as well as he had a wide out that, um, well, several wide outs that, you know, were running circles around our guys. Um, and they were, and not only that, uh, they were great at the line of scrimmage. They were, they were huge at the line of scrimmage and they were good. Um, and then defensively, like I said, they were, they were very, very physical, which has been something that was uncharacteristic of, of Chicago schools that we've played in the past, but uh, hope was the real deal. That's for sure. Yeah. So talk a little bit about when you're down 12 in that third quarter, you know, they believe only about five minutes left in the third quarter. What's the mood on the sidelines? Because, you know, a lot of these, a lot of your student athletes had not faced that sort of, sort of adversity. What was the conversation on the sideline at that point when you knew you kind of needed to get going? Well, yeah, we, we were never really panicked because we, we had moved the football well against them. Um, really, the times where we weren't moving the football was kind of self-inflicted on us. 
Uh, we had some false starts. We had some holding penalties and things like that. And like I said previously in the interview, uh, that we can't do that. We we're not built for that. Um, and so we we are real particular in practice on our technique and and fundamentals and things like that. So, but we were never panicked. I don't think. Uh, and once we cut it to a, a one score game there, um, trying to think if we started the fourth quarter down, down two scores or not. No, I think you, I think you had cut it to one score we by the fourth the quarter. Yep. And then we actually had, we actually had two stops in the fourth quarter, I think of them, um, prior to the interception at the end of the game. So, um, when, and, and we had a hard time getting stops early on, it seemed like we could just never get off the field. And we watched Hope do that time and time again in in scouting them. You know, they they just made big plays when they had to, and and uh, so we were fortunate. Our defense really stepped it up when we had to. Uh, we threw some different things at them. Uh, we threw, threw some things at our kids that we really never even practiced uh, going into that game. We'd practiced some some uh, modifications of what we were actually doing at the end of the game, but but um, you know we we were playing at five defensive backs, which we never do. Um, things like that. So um, our kids really responded well. And, and then, um, you know, but once, once we got the lead late in the fourth quarter and you think hope is, is about done, you know, they, the quarterback makes a great run. He makes a couple, he, he uh, actually checked down for the first time to some guys in the flat and that was stuff we were willing to give up. And, and then you find yourself, uh, they got a, they had a great kicker and you find themselves in within field goal position and, and thank goodness, I think it was second down when we picked it off because I'm not too certain that the, maybe if they got in a fourth down that they wouldn't have kicked it. So, um, you know, it was it was just a game in which, uh, you know, I think I think the people on the sidelines uh, behind us were probably thinking, OK, we're, we're going home. We're going to get beat. Um, everybody in the state that was watching the score is, is probably not going, oh, poor Lee Wynn's going to get beat today. Um, I'm pretty certain there was a lot of people rooting for us to get beat. Uh, but in the end, our kids overcame everything and uh, it was a battle down to the wire. And and, uh, you know, we just had a little bit left in the tank. And that was that was enough. How much can a can a win like that, you know, overcoming that sort of sort of adversity this late in the year? How much can that mean heading into the state title game? Well, I'm hopeful that it means a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to face a camp point central team that has been on a roll here in the playoff. I mean, they obviously they're 13 and 0, so they've been on a roll since August, but, uh, really in the playoffs, you know, um, they beat a really, really good Calhoun team. I thought, um, and I think that was at round two. Yep. Um, and then in the next round that, you know, you win, you win a big game against Calhoun and you get, and you get rewarded with playing all tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I speak with Coach Dixon throughout the season once in a while. And, and you know, obviously he I wished him good luck in that game. And he was really, really worried. And I was worried for him. And um, But they are – Camp Point is so disciplined. Um, they actually are, are somewhat of a mirror image, I think, of us and what they do and how they go about things. But right now their ace in the hole is their kicking game. And they've made – they've made um, – a lot of headway with that kicking game here in the playoffs, you know, and I don't know how many onside kicks they've recovered, uh, you know, in the last four weeks, but it's been a lot. Uh, they fake punt. So they, they really force you to um, hopefully coach Dixon doesn't listen to this. because <laughs> I'm hoping he decides at some point in time to do like everybody else and squib kick it and punt it out of bounds like we do. Um, 
but really they're forcing people to spend a lot of practice time on stuff that you don't normally have to spend practice time on. And so, you know, in our practice plan yesterday, for example, we had 15 minutes dedicated to just our kick return. Um, well, we don't, we don't spend 15 minutes on individual drills for offense, much less uh, kick return. And so they're forcing you to do those things, but not only are they forcing you to spend time in it, they're really good at what they do. So, um, I think that's their ace in the hole. That's that's what separates them from everybody else right now. Um, and so going into this game, you know, we just have to be really conscious of everything, of where players are at on the field, of, you know, in different situations and things like that with them because uh, they, they're, they've, they've got it going on right now. Talk about how much different is this week of preparation for CPC compared to prepping for a team like Chicago Hope. Obviously, different, you know, different style. They want to do they want to attack you in different ways. How much does that affect your scheming, your game planning this week? Well, it's they're actually kind of a breath of fresh air to prepare for because um, you know, I think we could throw our own stuff on the field and and say, hey, we're we're just going to play Lee Win this week or we're going to play Forreston again. Um, and real similar real similar game prep, but um, they are, like you said, they're so disciplined with, with, in, within what they do. Um, you're not going to see a team that on second and short throws 10 guys into the box. So they're going to be disciplined within their defense. They're going to play their gap control scheme like they do, just like we do. Um, so from that standpoint, it's kind of nice to know that you're going to, you're going to come out and you're going to see an, an even front, you know, in most of the, or an odd front, most of the field, you're going to see an even front at the, at the end zone, or once you get inside the 20 and things like that. Um, so that's kind of nice that you have an idea what you're going to see, because most of the time we go into games, we're prepping for stuff. And, and then all of a sudden we don't see that defense at all. So, um, so it's kind of nice there, but you, you also know that they're going to be relentless in what they do. And, their middle linebacker, for example, he's as good as it gets. He's as good as we've seen all year and maybe that we've ever seen. And then you're also going to see him on the other side of the ball, too, because he's probably, you know, him and Gage Dunker might be the two best fullbacks in the whole state. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yep. But they're just going to be relentless within what they do, and they're going to do it right all the time. You know that you have to make the perfect block on him on every play because he's always going to be in that in the in the correct position each and every play because he's going to be perfect all the time. Yeah. So it's it's a tough game prep, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, kind of the opposite of, you know, your roster this year. They brought back, I think, like 12 guys. They, they had a lot of returners. They lost some guys last year, too, but they had a lot of guys come back that gained that experience. How much different is this year's go-around with you guys? You know, I mean, uh, from your thoughts, you know, what do, what do you think is different this time around? Well, I think you're exactly right that, you know, they have key starters back at key positions. And I and I don't think you can replace that, you know, having a, a second year quarterback back, having uh, 23 back at half back and corner. Uh, and he, he's an incredible player as well. You know, having uh, the split end back, the wide receiver kid and, uh, you know, just great players back and in key positions. And, and you can't replace the experience there. Um so, yeah, like I said, you know, they they uh, they've just got it all going on right now. And they uh, you know, it's going to take it's going to take a valiant effort from us to beat them on Friday, I think. Yeah. You know, before we get into kind of your keys and what you you what you're focused on, talk about Coach Dixon. Talk, you know, I know you guys have, you know, a little bit of a relationship. You talk back and forth throughout the season. I mean, what do you 
what do you see and what he does? What do you like about what he does? Obviously, it's a very similar program to you and to what you guys run. Yeah, you know, I, I think in, in every aspect of it, it is, I think, you know, I think in their off-season training, uh, in-season training, things like that, probably uh, probably how they structure practice. I, I don't go to other people's practices because I'm busy with my own, but uh, I'm guessing it would look pretty similar to ours, you know, segmented out and 10 and 15 minute intervals uh, and you're, you're working on fundamental stuff, um, holding kids accountable uh, for what they do, um, not only in the classroom and in the hallways, but outside of school uh, within the, um, within your, in your uh, summer program, your summer strength and speed program, uh, just holding kids accountable and hopefully making them better people I think is probably what coach Dixon would tell you too. You know, we're, we're not necessarily worried about winning high school football games and creating all state kids and having kids go, you know, off to big schools and things like that. I think that is just part of what happens when you hold kids accountable, um, make them responsible for the things that they're doing in every aspect of their life all the time. And, um, you know, some we're, we're probably both fortunate enough living in rural America that our kids are not only getting that at school, they're getting it at home as well, for the most part. Um, and so I, I think that gives our, chid, our kids an opportunity to be very successful um, outside of high school, but within within the classroom with, and on the field, too. So I think it I think we're probably fairly close to mirror images of one another. Yep. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Well, getting back to the game, what are you, what's your keys? What do you guys have to do well to get another state championship here, to beat Camp Point Central for the second year in a row? Well, first of all, we we have to be disciplined within ourselves. We we can't have holding calls. We can't have fumbles. Uh, we can't have false starts. Uh, we can't have blown coverages in the secondary. Um, Camp Point does not want to throw it a lot. Um, they, want to, they want to be similar to what we are. Uh, but when they do throw it, we can't give up big plays. Um, you know, like we've, we've been the beneficiary of the last few weeks. You know, we've, we've got those big plays. Um, and on, on top of that, we can't give Camp Point things that um, like they can't steal possessions from us, I guess, on the punt game and in the kicking game and uh, recover an onside kick or uh, us fumble a pop-up kick or – give up a fake punt. So we have to be, we have to be totally conscious of every move that they make in all three facets of the game. Yep. All right. Well, coach, you're no, uh, no stranger to making that trip to state. Like we talked about in the beginning of this, uh, you know, interview, but does it, does it change for you year to year? Do you have different kind of feeling, different emotions, you know, when you go into it or. Uh, not really. Um, you know, I think you're so you really don't have time to think a whole lot about the game itself. And really, to be honest with you, some of the questions you asked me today was kind of the first time I've thought about some of those things, which is good, <laughs> because I think you I think sometimes you should sit back and enjoy it a little bit, you know, because the week yeah. goes so fast. But um, I think at this point in time, we're so worried about uh, worried about us. And again, I think Coach Dixon would tell you that, too, um, within what we're going to do ourselves. Um, and how we're going to attack Camp Point Central and, and how they might attack us. I think we're so worried about us right now that, um, you know, worrying about them is, is pretty much secondary at this point in time. We know they're going to be good. They're 13-0. They've beaten some great teams coming into it. Um, 
And like I said, I think they're really on a roll. So I think, you know, we we have to go out and play our fo- our game of football and we have to execute it at the highest level and we have to be stingy on defense and uh and and we can't give we can't give the rushing game 300 yards of rushing or we're going to be in trouble. Yep. Well, coach, you know, you said it, you guys are mirror images of each other in programs, but coach Dixon is going to be wearing shorts on the sidelines and I know that you know, you gave that up a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's He's crazy. That's for sure. <laughs> it's been well, a pretty mild fall though. So he's gotten away yeah. with it. He's, you know, he's a really, really smart guy and I really like coach Dixon, but um, as he gets older, he'll get a little bit smarter in that respect too. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much coach for being here. Head coach Rick Aaron to the Lena Winslow Panthers. They're headed to the state championship game for a rematch against camp point central coach. I appreciate your time and uh, good luck on Friday. Yeah, it's always great being on your show. So thanks for having me and um, always look forward to it. Unfortunately, uh, it only happens once a year, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) We we look forward to it anyway, but you're a busy guy and we're busy and all that stuff. I think you are my most frequent guest, though. My most, the most interviewed coach, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Good luck, coach. All right. Thanks. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.